0: Listening to the Games and Biz podcast. I'm James Batchelor, and I'm joined this week by Matt
1: Handrahan, Brendan Sinclair,
2: and Rebecca Valentine.
0: We're going to be talking about the biggest stories of the past week, starting with a couple of pieces of our own. Uh, we're going to start with Brendan's piece on Twitch and uh, years of atrocious behaviour there. There really isn't any good way of me summing this up, so I'm going to turn to Brendan to kind of condense what is possibly one of the, <laughs> the longest articles I think we've run on the site, but not a word wasted. Like, there's a lot in there to unpack. Yeah,
1: that's great. Turn it to the guy that wrote 8,000 words <laughs> and and ask him, Oh, you're, you're good at summing it up, right? Um, no, no, it's, it's kind of big and messy and, um, and I'm sorry that it's so long, but, uh, it did.
2: But I'm not sorry that it's so long. Like, I mean, we, we all read it through and like edited it. I mean, there, like James said, there wasn't a word wasted in there. It's bad. I mean, as in the content... No, the content, <laughs> The content is
1: bad. It needed to... I, I, I get I'm it. You're trying to talk around this. Uh, I, I take that in the best possible I way. Um, yeah, so I, I thought about like how I might talk about this on the podcast. And I think I sort of have to almost go in reverse order here. Um, with this, I, I, I kind of like want to explain what happened at twitch sort of from the very beginning and move forward to sort of i guess maybe give my impression of how this kind of thing happens and uh, there's one quote i want to start with from the article nearly everyone at twitch was a pretty hardcore gamer where we had all been embedded in the space for a very long time one early employee said That's largely why we were successful, because we culturally understood the space and had enormous passion to make the platform successful. But that does mean most employees existed in spaces where toxicity was normalized. I think pretty much all competitive gaming communities were toxic to some degree. And I think that that gets to kind of a a key part of this, if you look at the origins of twitch it it came out of um justin tv and uh silicon valley startup culture where they the focus is you know uh move fast and break things and uh it's it's all about growth and and getting a a huge mass of users in and then figuring out the details like how do we actually make money off of them later and uh I like Twitch was following a template that was set by you know Twitter, Facebook, how many other social networks, and they were also focused on on gaming. And um, gaming is, had been a very you know it's, it's generally a very young audience that's going to be as embedded into the gaming scene to really understand all of these uh, all, all all the different facets of the gaming community that you would need to to make something like Twitch successful. So you have uh, people here that were given a lot of startup money. Um, they, they had clout just from like, oh, hey, we're you know a financed tech company in, in, in the aughts, late aughts and, and early 2010s. You're only focused on growth and uh, you move fast, you break things, and you're coming from a place where everyone has a certain baseline tolerance of toxic behavior because competitive gaming communities and online gaming communities at the time, there was just a certain understanding of like, yeah, that's, that's the way things are. And, and the office that you set up, the business that you set up, those people, of course, it's going to be tolerant of a certain level of misogyny. Um, And, and, They're going to have moderation, where they are, they are, they were okay with racial slurs in the early years. It it took it took some employees fighting for like a year or more just to get the N word on like the banned words list. Reasons that people could be moderated on the site, and they didn't they didn't actually hire a moderation team. They they relied uh, on volunteer mods. Like this is what they did in the Justin TV days as well. They just based everything on these volunteers. So you only have so much control over them and they're only so accountable because, you know, they, they lose their volunteer job. Oh no. Now they've got more time on their hands. Uh, And, and that, that's just like this, this whole stew to create some, some really awful situations. And, and there was no, no sense of professionalism in the office in the early years, from what I've told. So many people use the phrase Wild West to, to talk about it. Um, there's, there's no accountability. Like how, how, how is a group like that going to put together a, a video streaming platform, a live streaming platform, that actually like really cares about moderation and invests in it and, and takes it seriously? I mean, when they did invest in moderation, they hired one full-time moderator and just like this, this kid, basically, uh, no, no mentorship, no real training and was just like, okay, that's moderations, your thing. There are some, uh, some people above you, um, who have other job duties as well, who will make the important calls on moderation, but but you're the only resources in the company uh, focused on this, and you are like the bottom of the totem pole. Like, how is that going to produce anything except what we've seen? I think. And and over the years, um, there has been some change in the executive ranks, but Emmett Shear is still CEO. Kevin Lynn. Um, is, is he's no longer the COO, but he's still involved in the company, uh, in a culture strategy and innovation role, I think is what he calls it. And like, fundamentally, this ship has been steered by people that, that did not care about this in the beginning when they should have. And, and at every, every step of the way, like they may have gotten better about publicly saying the things that they're supposed to and, and they've hired you know full-time mods um, which i was told was something that they they really only did in like 2014 because sony and microsoft were, were like oh what's your moderation situation no, you you kind of need to be you know investing in this more than that if you want to be integrated into the ps4 and the xbox one if you want to be on our platforms you have to take this more seriously and so they did a little enough, you know, to, to satisfy Sony and Microsoft. And then that was, that was kind of it. Um, and they, they've, they've done more in, in recent years, more, more tools to, to help people, but they they also keep making, um, unforced errors, I guess, that speak to a, a lack of concern or consideration about that. And so, so you have a platform, Um, And if anyone wants to interrupt me, I'm I'm sorry for just rambling here. Uh, 8000 words and all. So you have a platform where uh, they tolerate a whole bunch of this behavior on the platform, you have an office environment, where they tolerate some different aspects of this behavior in the office, in the, in the office, more tolerant of misogyny than like overt racism at everyone else. Um, but on, on the site, the, the harassment and the racism directed at, at streamers by and large was loud. Uh, streamers could get away with, with the, the racial slurs and such. Um, well, I didn't, I didn't mention this before, but like one of the, one of the first meetings that they had before it was Twitch, uh, just in TV, uh, was starting up a game thing, and they were gonna. They eventually called it Twitch, and they were discussing the rules for moderation there. and, and Emmett Shear in that meeting said that he he wanted to make sure that this was a platform with no opinion. And keep in mind, this is kind of the you know twenty ten twenty eleven that era. It was sort of a height of I guess libertarian ideas behind platforms on the internet sounds
3: sounds sounds like
1: valve four years ago yeah yeah Uh, it's it's everyone wanted to be hands-off i mean it kind of sounds
2: like it sounds a little bit like valve now
1: yeah (laughs) yeah valve has not (laughs) not necessarily changed um uh but you know reddit and and obviously the the moderation on on facebook and twitter has been lacking for a long time um but but sheer in this meeting, he said he had. They had to be a platform with no opinion, uh, to the point that he insisted the Ku Klux Klan would be able to stream on Twitch uh, if they you know otherwise followed the rules of the site.
2: And Which, Sorry for interrupting, but like there there are that, a couple of anecdotes. I mean, so like okay, the whole thing is atrocious. Um, there are a lot of like general things there that are atrocious, but a couple of the very specific anecdotes just baffle the mind, right? And that that's one of them, like when you're setting up a platform of any kind, I feel like, I don't know, maybe I'm just like a very different person, but I feel like the mo- when you're deciding, okay, what will we allow and not allow? I feel like the KKK is probably like, it probably should be one of the first things that you say. Yeah, okay, none of that here, right? I think wh- it's, one. It's th- like
0: one of the easiest red flags to raise.
2: Right. I think one of the other anecdotes um, from the article, Brendan, that is is sort of similar and emblematic of this is the. the I think it was something like it, it took them a year to add the N word to the list of like banned words or whatever. Yeah. Which how is that not the first word you ban? What What are you doing?
1: Yeah, it's.
2: Sorry, I just had to express just complete utter bafflement at
1: this yeah understandable and and so like at at what point at what point in the process of uh that platform with those rules taking off getting popular getting more money getting acquired by amazon for hundreds of millions of dollars like at, at what point does does the core underlying you know beliefs that that shaped that platform. At, at what point did those change? It could have been the Amazon acquisition, and uh, I, I was told by a number of people that uh, the office culture certainly didn't change after that. Uh, a lot of HR processes were formalized, so they they were they were kind of like they would get more professional about things. Uh, liability, you know, probably inspiring a lot of that, and the company grew and as they hired more people uh it did become a more diverse uh group of of people in the office and uh part of that would lead to less you know open discussion about like what streamers they would sleep with or or slut shaming or things like that in the office but the, um, the underlying problems uh, remained by, by, by all accounts from people I, I spoke with. And, and since then, Twitch has gotten slightly better with their public communication about this and as it has made more of a show about trying to do better. But they keep messing those up even, and even the ones they don't mess up, there, there are indications that they are less than you know sincere if, if you're following what they're doing like um, a couple of years ago there was a they had a raccoon emote in in the introduced uh, global emote that, that anyone could use in chat and it was very quickly seized upon um, by people to harass black streamers and and just used in a racial context uh, to, to abuse them. And the uh, Black Employee Guild specifically asked for the raccoon emote to be taken away. And uh, a a product former product manager with Twitch had posted on Twitter that uh, Emmett Shear said no. The raccoon emote stays. Um, at the same time, we've got trans streamers who have been asking for years for a trans community tag to help people who are interested in finding trans streamers and building a trans community on the platform uh to identify themselves so people can search by like oh community tag trans and then like just okay we'll see all the all the trans streamers and we can find them easily but um they were worried because, um, I guess they had, they had tried it and they saw that there was like, oh, there's a, there's an uptick in harassment, uh, or reports of harassment after, after we introduced this. So we don't want to do that anymore. And we're not going to do it because we're afraid of, you know, that, that there would be a lot of extra harassment, even though this is a tag that streamers would have to, you know, voluntarily put onto their, onto their, um, you know, their profile. And they, I, I I think they would be doing this, um, as, as trans people in a online setting, they, they would go in eyes wide open about the kind of harassment that that, that might result in. And presumably they'd be able to, to untag themselves or whatever. But Twitch has refused to, to actually roll out that trans tag, uh, despite years of, of the (coughs) trans streamers asking. And, and so like yeah
2: you know that you know that you've like you know you've kind of lost the plot when you're trying to make decisions about what a marginalized group wants or does not want or needs or does not need and instead of listening to the chorus of people in that marginalized group telling you what they want and need you say no I think I have a better idea
3: yeah
1: they're not even being consistent on it I guess is the thing it's like well, no, the yeah, so act- I mean,
3: actual tra- harassment from f- over yeah. the raccoon because they're, no. they're, contra- they're contradictory stances aren't they you know they're they refuse to remove uh, an emote that's been appropriated for racist purposes, but they won't allow a tag that is, you know, at least at least being a, being experimented with for empower in purposes of empowerment. I mean, Brendan, what do you? Because um, I mean, that's confusing to me, right? Like both of them are problematic in their own right, but they also, I. What, what, do, what do you make of that? What does that say to you about what, what these values actually are? Because I don't see one consistent value that underlines both of those, both of those incidents, you know? Like it, it, it's, it seems like almost like random, isolated decision-making um, rooted in arrogance, potentially. But, I mean, do you, do you think that there is this sort of... There is still... I mean, you know, when, when Emmett Shear says no to the raccoon emote, I mean, what, what, what do you think that's being expressed there?
1: I have, I have no idea. <laughs> like I, I, um, I'm, I'm not inside Emmett, Emmett, Shear's head. I can only really like judge based on his actions here, but it, 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 doesn't seem, um, consistent and, and it does seem, uh, really weird to disregard what your own like black employee guild, your internal employee group, um, of, of, is telling you. And I mean that, that does actually it does jive with something else that I was I was told by um, by other people about the corporate culture at Twitch, uh, where Emmett is. Uh, they said he. It, it, let me let me pull up the the exact quote here. Um, there were so many times where it seemed like decisions were being made behind certain closed doors, one former executive told us. And leaders might represent themselves one way in front of a group of people and represent themselves uh, in a completely different way in private. Another executive from early from several years ago said, there was a general apathy for sound decision making. It tended to be very emotional, tended to be very clicky. Who was in whose ear dominated the, the conversation, whether it was the right decision or not with the with the senior leadership, I found it to be extreme arrogance. You said there were allegations of racism or sexism, etc. For me, it was more general apathy, extreme arrogance and righteousness about their own beliefs that led me to believe this was not a culture that fosters diversity of thinking and styles. So I, I can look at that. And I, I, I can sort of reading between the lines. Um, think that that uh, well, actually, I don't I can just go to the next quote from another person. <laughs> One thing you see from a lot of these tech leaders is they have been treated as these geniuses. so their opinion on everything and their knowledge is thought to be expansive, and they will weigh in and share opinion as if it is an authoritative position. So I think in the early in the early years, like, like any kind of um, startup, they're, they're going to be improvising. They're going to be making decisions on the fly, basically, as these problems come up. Because in the early years, you don't know all the all the different problems that are going to happen. And the problem is that they never... My, my impression of the problem, anyways, my take on it, is, is that they never adjusted that mindset. And they're still just sort of improvising solutions as they go and not not ever having like a fundamental reset of we need to care about this we need to get serious and professional and and just kind of lock this down and make this a priority even if it even if it impacts other elements of the business they're still just more concerned with like let's keep the the business turning over and growing and uh, all the all the rest of the stuff is like collateral damage to be to be dealt with later.
3: Mm. so i mean it, how how many of the people you spoke because i know you spoke to people over a long long period of time i mean how many of those people were from were, were like current employees of twitch or employees in the last two or three years and kind of what what was the picture they painted of twitch in you know 2018 2019 2020 versus you know the the kind of the days when they could kind of spit and hit justin tv now that they being a part of Amazon, like a, a huge company and company that doesn't have a, an amazing track record of treating staff well either, it should probably be mentioned. Um, but but how did they did they pinpoint any areas where it has got actually better, or, or or is it still kind of problematic in all the same areas, but just a greater or lesser extent?
1: Well, the the Amazon uh, acquisition did change some things. Um, like I mentioned the, the overt misogyny in the office I've heard less of, um, although from what I understand, it is still, um, a, a, an issue. Um, just, you know, like, like this is something, this is something that I think can go on, um, quietly at, at a lot of businesses, because if, if one person harasses another, there's an incident the, the person being harassed, they might report it to HR. Um, and then HR would kind of try and resolve things quietly. They might not report it to HR because they don't trust HR. And given the stories that we heard and are in this um, of, of how little HR would do and how much it was only working to you know protect executives and twitch and, and minimize the employee complaints uh yeah i think i think not going to hr is something that probably is a very common decision that that, that people make and and some of the people that i talked to there were there were a, a small handful that were like you know what i did not actually see any of this in my time there i thought it was a pretty good place um and I, i'm not I'm not like blaming them for not seeing this. Uh, I mean, maybe, maybe people aren't like if, if someone has been um, uh, a victim of, of abuse or harassment like this, like who are, who are they going to, to go to and who are they going to confide in? Uh, Friends probably. Right. And if you don't happen to be in, in, their circle of friends are held in very high esteem, like they, they probably aren't going to share something like this with you, especially if, if they think that you are sort of a, um, like, a uh, I don't want to say complicit, but you know, like, like a, a silent bystander while, while this kind of thing goes on. Like if, if you, you are there while these microaggressions and meetings, and that kind of thing uh, are are going on. You're you're not going to be trusted with this, with this sort of stuff. So like, I don't, I, I think it's understandable how people might be oblivious to this in their office, which is also, I think why it's so important that, that they work to make sure everyone knows crystal clear where boundaries are and what kind of stuff is unacceptable and, and, be vocal uh, about it when this kind of stuff happens. Um, just if you want to have a, a healthy company culture, I think it's it's key that you have leaders setting that example for, for everyone else and holding people accountable. And I don't think Twitch has had that. Judging from the people that I've been speaking with, in, in no way, shape, or form have they ever had that. And with with um, Emmett Shear still at the the top of the food chain, there, um, I'm skeptical as to as to how they could have that.
2: Yeah, it definitely comes off. I think I think maybe the the prevailing thread through all of it is just sort of this refusal to tell people no, to tell people no, you can't do this you can't behave this way they don't they don't want to tell anyone with any with any power at all that they can't do something i mean there's that story about some employee defecating and smearing it all over a bathroom and this employee was like not fired for that which just again, it like boggles the mind. Um, but then, you know, there are, there are these other smaller things. I think that maybe kind of answers the question that Matt had. I mean, I, I, I don't know what these people are thinking, but the question that Matt had about, you know, what the sort of underlying consistent philosophy is between keeping the raccoon emote, but not allowing the tag for trans streamers to use optionally. And I think they, they don't want to tell an audience that they can't use this emote anymore because they don't want to deal with, you know, whatever stupid racist backlash they would get. But at the same time, they don't want to introduce this tag um, because they, they look at that and they go, yeah, some people might use that for abuse. um, And we don't want to have to deal with telling them no, like we don't want to have to deal with moderating that and messing with that. So we're we're just going to completely write it off and not, and not even like, not even like try to put forth the effort to make a tag that could be used safely and moderate it so that it is a safe space for people. Like they they just don't they don't want to say no to anybody. And that's I don't know. That 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 felt like the prevailing theme.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're they're a very tolerant company cuz so they will tolerate.
2: They don't want to say no to the KKK apparently. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean
1: pfft. Nah, and that's Jesus. That, that that that's one of the the big frustrations with Twitch and and a lot of a lot of tech companies and social media platforms at at large is just that they they refuse to draw a line, you know, and and to to really just say like these are our values and if you don't like it tough and we would rather not have you on our platform if you're going to be if you're going to be like that. And i I mean, sorry, I don't know where I was going with that.
3: well, I mean, I think I think the the parting shot there, you know we should be able to say we don't want you on a platform if you're going to act like that. It's not not a bad way for it to to finish. I think that's kind of the message that. We should be at least trying to communicate to the industry at large is is that a line does need to be drawn. Um, <clears throat> and I'll say like uh, particularly over the last year, more and more companies have at least started to talk that talk, if not, if not back it up with, with actions and proof that it's actually started to happen. But I think certainly the last few years, companies that probably would have been relatively... Comparable to Twitch in terms of what they would tolerate on their platforms, have invested a lot more in moderation and, and uh, addressing community issues and so on and so forth. It's not, it's not completely taboo anymore. Um, whereas I think, back in the early days of Twitch, it probably wasn't, um, if not a common kind of culture in the game in uh, in the video games business or the games adjacent industry, um, it, it probably would have been many companies a lot like that one.
2: And that's been sort of a principle that we've seen discussed quite a bit in the last the last several years, like with political environments and with spaces online too. like you can't you can't be a place that is seen as inclusive and to- inclusive spaces do not inherently need to include everyone because if they're going to be inclusive spaces, they can't include people who are exclusive. Like you can't say everyone's welcome. You know, this is a safe place to be you, you know, wh- whoever you are, whatever you feel. Um, if you're not willing to exclude people who are going to come into that space and say, uh, no, these people suck or I'm going to be racist or I'm going to be intolerant. Right. Am I, am I like coming? Am I am I making sense like that? That's that's sort of been like a conversation that I've seen a lot lately, you know, as people like try to establish online spaces. You can't just let everything in and expect to have a good space for people because if you let everybody in, then you're going to have awful people show up and exclude people who are just trying to exist and then you're going to end up with a space that is, you know, racist and bigots and yeah.
0: Yeah. And particularly I think companies like Twitch, Twitch in particular, need to start not just drawing the line but standing up to the audience now it wasn't the biggest part of brendan's feature but the reference to just the the fear of backlash from users like you know as, as brendan said quoted at the top of the piece um you know the 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 all games competitive games communities are often toxic to a degree this has been well established for years now probably decades and companies like twitch need to draw a line and stand up to that because you can't Yes, you're gonna invite you know, if you if you if you ban the wrong you know, the emoticon that people like to use for the wrong reason, or if you use a tag that some people don't want you to use, or whatever, like you're gonna get some people complaining, but the thing you have to remember, and I think I have to keep reminding myself when I'm on Twitter, is it's it's a vocal minority. It's a very, very vocal, but it is a minority. And like, you can't let that minority, those elements, the you know, the, the people that the Rebecca was just referring to like on the exclusive, you cannot let them dictate the course of your, your platform, your company, your service, like just for fear of people making a noise, people making, a kicking up a fuss and drawing some bad attention, like better to have the bad attention, but be standing, but be seen standing your ground than to be just quietly. Okay. Right. Well, okay. We won't do that. We'll just hopefully let this all go away. Like it's, it's different kind of company, different kind of, um, uh, situation but like uh, nexus mods earlier this week um i think it was early this week or late last week they they said like they were going to ban all mods that are to do with political content and their statement was glorious it was basically it was basically along the lines of no i can't do it word for word but it was um if you if this upsets you we don't care This is what we are doing. We are drawing the line here. We are not allowing this type of content on our platform because it is just going to fuel... They definitely use the words fuel idiots further. We don't care. If you don't like it, go to another platform. And I'd like to see more... Now, obviously, Nexus are a lot smaller and a lot less influential than say Twitch so perhaps they, they it's easier for them to make that sort of statement but I'd love to see p- people like Twitch and people yeah, like larger publishers and so forth like making that sort of taking that sort of stance and standing by it I think that's ultimately what people wanted from um, the piece by the end of by the end of Brendan's article yeah.
2: I mean I'll also I'll, I'll specify there that looking at the article it looks like they banned content specifically themed around the upcoming US election or related socio-political issues I think Doing like a blanket no politics ban uh, very quickly runs with the problem. Yeah, well well, okay. um, you know, I. I oversimplified. Like, that. can <laughs> you not talk about queer issues, stuff like that? It it, se- it seems like they're specifically talking about election. Yeah, no, apologies, right? no, oversimplified. You're, it specifically to do with the
0: election, but yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, yeah, it specifically do with the election, but that's because it's, it's a contentious issue. Like, yeah, um, but. But then, yeah, like pick an issue, like, you know, the companies like Twitch, like pick an issue, right? This, this is not something we are going to allow. The the scary, one of the scariest quotes I read in um, Brennan's Peeves of the Air, I, I think it was about halfway through, like, essentially, like, so long as no one died on the site, they don't care. That should not be your policy. Your policy should not be, oh, as long as no one is, is seen, seen being, you know, killing themselves. Then we'll just let it all happen. Like no, you need you need to think about these things. And
1: even that policy was sort of like, do you really? Because in just they there was yeah. a, a you know minor press scandal, I guess, uh, in the Justin TV days when um, someone took their own life on stream as the chat viewers like egged them on, and that was mm-hmm. yeah. like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and they still didn't have a they still didn't have a a proper uh, policy for how to handle self-harm on stream for like five years after that
2: i would also say though that you can't you can't stop at just you know making sure you don't allow bad things like the 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 other kind of thing that was in this article was a series of a, just an ongoing series of missteps in trying to Kind of like half acidly, um, be you know inclusive and welcoming, right? So like, there's the whole thing about how they made a video montage um, to support Black Lives Matter back in July, and they put a bunch of white people in it, like, and like what like like two maybe like two black people in the entire stream, just like completely didn't clearly did not consult with any members of the black community for that and then this exact same week had a pride celebration video that said the g and lgbtqia plus also stands for gamer which come on guys what are you doing like you you have to it like I mean, I don't know. I have not. I have not looked at like the structure of Twitch. But if I had to guess, I would say it is you know vast majority straight cis white men at the top, right? And if you are not actively talking to people of color, to people who are not men, um, to queer people, to people who are you know again not in this just straight cis white male group, then you're gonna even even if every single one of those people at the top has the best of intentions, which it's pretty clear from your article that they don't, you're still going to fuck it up over and over again because you need to ask people from those groups what they need, what they want, and what is the right way to go about things. And Twitch clearly is not prioritizing that at all.
1: I have to go here in a minute, but one thing Sorry. that I will say is that um, in in the executive groups, they actually, they have had um, some, some diversity But in the article, there's there's a line about the bruising, aggressive executive culture at Twitch and and how the the, you know, backbiting and uh, Machiavellian machinations and and stuff like the the kind of abusive uh, behavior that that is that the highest people in the company uh, perform, it, it trickles down. And so their, their reports then who have to put up with this from above, they wind up mirroring that behavior with their reports mm-hmm. below. So some of the, some of the problems and some of the, 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 stories that, that I, that I heard were, um, there were, there were, you know, women committing or, or responding in, in really unpleasant ways to other, to other women uh, about an issue of misogyny, things like that. So it's, it, it, it
2: perpetuates is the thing. Yeah. And, and fair. I, I don't mean to imply that, you know, women can't also be shitty to other women or, and so forth. It's just, yeah, I, it, it is not, not being willing to consult with communities is just one of many, many, many issues here.
0: The article left me with two questions. One was, will Twitch learn from its mistakes? No. And let's be honest, the track record is not on its side. No. Um, the other is, will anyone else learn from its mistakes? And I asked that because, um, and again, going back to that that piece uh, that that quote from the top about um, how the people who started Twitch were embedded in these kind of uh, gaming communities where toxic- toxicity was kind of normalised toxicity is still normalized in, in corners of the industry and we still have startups we still have people who are like coming out of university and instantly starting a new company um you know with with their mates like trying to fill a hole and you would hope you would hope that they're a bit more aware of the issues that are just seen across the industry now but i do wonder if like you know the sort of startups we're seeing in you know in the last couple of years in 5 6 years are we going to re- be reading you know the same sort of articles about them as well is this just an inherently like a, a cycle of you know Three or four, uh, you, know, like, you know, a small group of cisgender white males get together. The bros, you know, what's the old uh, the risk of bringing riot into it? Like you know, the bro community. There was there was some sort of phrase where like they were all they're all bros together. Like them starting a company, but then staying staying in charge of that company, not letting that culture evolve as it needs to. Like, is that still going to be happening to other companies in the in the near future?
2: I mean, I will say it's kind of a massive bummer, right? Like I was reading through this and I, I think I made a note of it like on the piece just as a comment, but um, like it's a bummer that Mixer went down. I mean, I I don't mean to mm. imply that Mixer was perfect because I mean, th- there was like, I think there was like a controversy somewhat towards the end of its life cycle about it having really bizarre rules for women and what they could wear, um, which was sort of like puritanistic and gross. um, But they did seem to have better moderation and better policies for getting crap content and hateful content off their platform than Twitch, YouTube, or Facebook gaming does. And like, it, it seemed to be kind of the place where people were gravitating toward if they wanted a safer place to stream, even if the numbers weren't quite there. And I th- I don't know. I, I'm not in Microsoft's head. I don't know what their decisions for ending Mixer were. Um, I I feel like it. I mean, it was growing. All all four platforms were growing. I feel like Mixer could have been good with time. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe Microsoft knows better than me. Maybe it wouldn't have. But I, I think it's a bummer we lost that because I don't think that Facebook or YouTube were a good alternatives.
3: Well, yeah, but I mean, but the, so there's a so a bit of a paradox in there because the origins of Twitch's toxicity is rooted in its origins as a as a scrappy young upstart made by a small group of people. The reason why Mixer would have had a bare moderation policy is because it would have come out of a huge company that, that has the infrastructure in place to put that in place and simply really can't can't possibly like a, a something like twitch cannot exist within an organization like microsoft is too organized um has too many um too much machinery in place to to kind of encourage that in other parts of the company so when you say facebook and youtube were just the same that that for me raises an absolutely enormous question over why because twitch had its reason for being like that so why is facebook like that and why is youtube like that unless they're not as bad as twitch but They just aren't perfect and there's a sort of, a, you know, we need to kind of acknowledge when something is better than something else, even if it isn't perfect and so on. But like the the Facebook and YouTube have no more, no, no, um, have no excuse not to be at least as good as Mixer in terms of moderation. Uh, Twitch, it's not an excuse. But Brendan, as he laid out for us, there's a narrative there where you can kind of see, oh, okay, it comes from that place. But all of these big companies have no excuse to create platforms where there's no consistency in moderation, where there aren't kind of clear, defined rules about what is or isn't allowed. Like that, because because they they kind of need to implement them in in other parts of the way they do business. I mean, it's it's a difficult one to call, isn't it? I mean, to your to your point, batch. I mean, it's inevitably going to happen again. I mean, I think I don't think we'll ever be will ever exist in a world where some group of toxic people won't start up a company again. Unfortunately, the toxic people exist, you know what I mean? But what I think we, what we can hope for is that, you know, the, the, that, that kind of core lack of tolerance and diversity won't be such a common thing among in, within startup culture as it has been, you know, I mean,
2: I, I do, I do disagree with you, Matt. I mean, I think, I think it is pretty easy to trace both Facebook. I mean, and so so to be clear, I don't I don't know as much about Facebook gaming. I don't really know how good the moderation on their gaming platform is. I know that Facebook as a sh- social platform is just a cesspool, um, and so I, I I'm sort of projecting that onto the gaming platform. It, it could very well be that the gaming platform is fine, but YouTube YouTube gaming is a mess. Um, lots of toxic content there. Lots lots of just really bigoted stuff there across YouTube as a whole. And I think I think both of those can just be traced back to the. Uh, I mean, Facebook was a you know, that kind of came out of that same startup culture um, a little bit earlier in chronologically, but it did come out of that same culture. Um, YouTube has less of an excuse. Um, I th- or maybe, maybe, it no, I, I guess it doesn't, right? Like, I mean, YouTube kind of came, is cut from the same cloth, right? And I think that they've just sort of kept those sort of oh well you know let it all let it all exist let it all be on the platform we don't want to tell anybody no um that philosophy has pervaded through all the different kinds of content that they have done and since they have moved into gaming yeah they didn't start as gaming specific platforms but as, as you move into the gaming that same philosophy you know holds true right
0: and again to like to an extent some of this comes down to the audience again in that facebook and youtube in particular and then to an extent twitch these are platforms driven by engagement well how they grow how they um can measure themselves is by engagement how many people are watching how many people are subscribed how many people are following and so forth and as we have said in different contexts on this show before there is nothing more engaging than negativity and toxicity that is just a fact of the internet if people are saying horrible controversial things they will get a lot more attention than people being nice and it's an awful awful state of affairs but as long as the audience is driving that sort of content companies are going to make excuses to allow that content to continue and
3: yeah, no, 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 I think that applies to people, even people that cluster around that content because they don't like it, you know. Like one of the reasons why I'm not really on any social platforms in general is just because I can't. I almost just don't want to offer my endorsement to anybody um, these days. Like I, I mean, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, Rebecca. Like I actually hadn't thought. <laughs> yeah, but, that obviously makes perfect sense. That Facebook gaming is is a complete shit show because Facebook is a complete shit show, which is you know why I don't really use Facebook, I suppose. Um, yeah it it, it feels like that whole part of it and i I think to be honest in, in some ways we're departing a little from brendan's article which was as much about a toxic workplace as a platform that allows toxic views to flourish though obviously they are closely connected and we can't necessarily speak to the workplace at facebook gaming or the workplace at youtube right so there's there's a bit more going on we've kind of evolved the discussion away from it but but it in just on that platform side, the content that's allowed, the speech that's allowed, and the conversations that take place around that, it, 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 yeah, it's, it's, it's often discussed, but it almost feels like an unsolvable problem at this point to me, which is kind of why I backed away from social media in general. It's just, uh, it's just difficult to imagine how it can, how without something, I mean, I guess that's your point about Mixer, right? Like With Mixer, because it was new, it started from scratch, like in the here and now where I think lessons have been learned, if not by the companies that have made the mistakes but by other people looking on, there was like a hope for something to spring up that could actually be built with, uh, you know, with no toxicity, it's very root. So potentially it could have grown up to be something a bit different and to offer a bit of a different experience. And we'll never know because Microsoft shut it down. But, but maybe that's what it is. You know, like what Brendan was saying, you know, about Twitch's culture is that, on some level it's difficult to to remake a culture when the people that built the culture in the first place are still in positions of power but that's a very very difficult change to affect you know to get to remove a, a ceo or a president or a chairman of the board or whatever um for something as, as sort of nebulous as, as the idea of, of culture it's, it's difficult to imagine how how these big sweeping changes can take place so you've got a situation with twitch where some of the worst stories happened at the very early days of twitch and and certainly in the two recent past past to be completely comfortable and there is this sense that some positive change has taken place but kind of the sense is that it's sort of somewhat reluctantly and it's not because of lessons being learned but because of not wanting not wanting to get into trouble almost and that's not really remaking culture or or making a a place a better place to be
0: that is all the time we have this week we'll be back on monday with the next news show Uh, if you haven't already go back and listen to the latest game developers playlist rebecca who did you have
2: i had megan fox from glass bottom games uh, which is currently working on skatebird Uh, she was talking about ultima seven
0: Yes, which I learned a lot about Ultima that I didn't know, and uh, I clearly need to try those games. Um, I have, I've never played the Ultima, so I, I may have to track one of those down. Uh, you can find Game Developers Playlist, Five Games Off, and our weekly news show on your podcasting platform of choice. It's all on one feed, and you can get your news, insight, and analysis into the world behind video games at gamesindustry.biz.